Hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> he says swallowing a piece, a of, piece muesli of muesli bar. And I am Claire. And I'm welcome. not eating a muesli bar. No, but you eat chocolate at the top of the episode, if I remember correctly. I did, I did. Welcome, welcome to, to My Mate Reckons, the show where we teach you... And each other. ...about whatever we want to know about. About what things we want to know. We swear this episode's a warning about that, but apart from that, there's no... Oh, actually, there's a moment where we talk about a filthy sex act involving um, animals... <laughs> And um, uh, senior figures in Australia, uh, and it's very inter- it's very interesting. It's very fascinating. We just um, what David is there? I just want to make people listen to the episode. <laughs> it's like, did you, have you been recording this podcast with someone else? Do you have another podcast partner? Oh, the, scandal. the scandal. Hey there, Claire Bear. Oh no, I just put chocolate in my mouth. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> we're talking about food this week. No, we're not. No, this week we're talking, it's a listener suggested topic. Indeed. And so I've been asked to look at the phonetic alphabet, specifically the NATO phonetic uh, alphabet. Yeah, because I had no idea apart from that, like when you see movies and they're like beta alpha foxtrot. Indeed. You do that so convincingly. Yeah, I want to know what, what is that? What you is that all about? Where did it come from? How about I list them off? Love it. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, Hotel, India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec, Romeo, Sierra, Tango, Uniform, Victor, Whiskey, X-Ray, Yankee, Zulu. Ooh. Who decided on it? Where did it come from? Why those words? It turned up in late um, 19th century early 20th century when we were starting to get radio communication Mm. for the first time Mm -hmm. and unsurprisingly it wasn't terribly clear (laughs) like when you first started with radio communication i know (laughs) it was very very easy to miss um misinterpret each other cool okay and once we started using um aviation and so on and flying around the world yeah it became even more important even though sometimes the signals got clearer People had different accents, which meant they emphasised words differently or spelt things Or the sounds of things sounded different. The sounds of letters different. Of course. So. And if you're in the air and you need specific coordinates of things or whatever, you need that to be fucking specific. It's all numbers and letters. So they, um, which is actually now that I think about it, most things are numbers Numbers and letters. (laughs) (laughs) So NATO at the time came up with this system. That was the phonetic alphabet. Okay. And it, it has remained largely the same. And around the world, different organisations have picked it up. It is actually quite scientific in that huh. they've gone through an exorbitant amount of study yeah. to get these words right so that they are the words that are the most in different accents and different, that they are going to be the most, the clearest. Everyone will know what that word is. And all 26 of them are different enough from each other that you're not uh, going to be confused course, about which one they're saying. You're not saying. going to be like, did they say Charlie or Zulu? So it's a very interesting, innovative, creative thing, really, that different organisations have just kept picking up and picking up and picking I up. I love it. And this is pre-computers. This is pre... Now, obviously, it's not used as much yeah. nowadays okay. because communication is clearer and so yeah. on. And I think it will probably be fairly obsolete fairly soon but it's it's been it's pretty used amazing. since then yeah ah. it is the international radio telephony spelling alphabet i love it 
there you go. So there's the episode. Thanks so much. <laughs> what was um? What was C was Charlie? What was D? So you are Charlie. <laughs> you are Charlie. Charlie. Yes, Christian. Charlie. Charlie. D. I D, am. What are I you? am Delta Bravo. Oh, that's a good one. I know. That could be your drag name. Delta Bravo. Please welcome to the stage, Page. Delta Bravo. Delta Bravo. That's good. I don't know what. Have you? Do you know your drag name? Yeah, Winnie Baker. Oh, that's right. We've been or Vera Similitude. <laughs> that's brilliant. You haven't told me that before. That's fantastic. That's my like smart literary oh, one. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Have, what's yours? Do you have one? No. It's now Delta Bravo. No. I can't believe you don't have one. That uh, that alarms me. Catherine Brown. <laughs> Kate. Kate Brown. Kate. <laughs> Please welcome Kate. to the stage. Irritatingly spelt with a C, Kate. so I have to spell it with a C. C-A-I-T. <laughs> thinking about the spelling alphabet and thinking about how we communicate with each other led uh-huh. me down some interesting paths. Okay. About how humans who speak different languages attempt to Find a united language. Yeah, sure. And because there's the biblical story. Are you familiar with the Tower of Babel story? No. Which is the Old Testament story where when humans were first hanging out, we hung out in this beautiful tower and everybody had the shared language. Right. And then God got grumpy and went, and the tower went, (laughs) and everybody everybody spoke different languages from then on out. Oh, and you couldn't understand each other. Because God had a bad day? And it's punishment. It's punishment for something. I forget what we did. But it was punishment. <laughs> something bad. Punishment that we will never be able to understand each other. Oh. Ever. Oh, well, that makes sense. The Tower of Babel. Okay. So we have spiritually been trying to overcome the Tower of Babel problem since then. And right. systems like the NATO phonetic alphabet are attempting to heal that divide. Another one yeah. is Esperanto. What's that? You don't know about Esperanto? No. Oh, great. Okay, so Esperanto. Esperanto. Is that racist? Talking about not being able to understand each other and we just butchered Spanish. Esperanto is an entirely artificial manufactured language. That was created and is the most popular. So it's more popular than Klingon or whatever the Game of Thrones one is. Okay. Today, about 2 million people speak it. What? And it is, um, it was formulated in the late 19th century in 1887 by a Polish ophthalmologist. What is an ophthalmologist? Oh, of course you'd ask me that. <laughs> Isn't it someone who... Is it like, is it like hearing? A branch of medicine and surgery which deals with the diagnosis and treatment of eye disorders. Oh, okay. So not like, why would they come up with a language? Well, he came up with it when he was 19. What? He was a bit of a freak. He also had a wife and three children by that time. And had a practicing ophthalmology practice and was entirely obsessed with linguistics. Okay. From a very early age. He was Jewish and developed the first kind of written down Yiddish grammar. Grammar for Yiddish. He oh was the first gosh. dude to do that in like, Poland. Like this isn't written down, we need to write this down. And make and make up a grammatical system for it that makes sense to people who want to learn it and preserve it. Oh right? my goodness. So um and when he was nineteen he came up with Esperanto, this entirely fictional language. He put it in a pamphlet yeah. and on his nineteenth birthday for his nineteenth birthday party, he gave it out to all the guests as a party game. Oh my god. So can you imagine the type of man? 
<laughs> hey guys, I've got this idea for this fun game. What a banging birthday party, right? I created. I know what we're doing for my birthday next year. It's um, it's he was surprised that that didn't catch fire, and he kept how weird. He kept returning to um. Esperanto for years and years and built it up and tried to get conferences about it that was semi-successful. He was always kind of saddened that it didn't catch fire as much as it could have. Um, There was a lot of debate and controversy around, not real controversy, but kind of scandal around him because he identified very strongly as a person of the Jewish culture. Sure. And this was just as World War One was starting and he survived World War One and got into World War Two. So there was, it was tricky for him to navigate his Jewish identity. Sure. And he was a a smart aristocratic man living in Poland. He died in 1917. If he'd lived much longer, he would have been the first person to be like on Hitler's death list, unfortunately. Fuck. So because of that... um, How old was he when he died, roughly? He was age 57. Okay. Um, So he's this amazing dude that comes up with this language that does... That, like I say, two million people speak it. Yeah. But he is very, very... He, because he did this thing for Yiddish grammar, there were a lot of people from the Zionist movement wanting him to do more, because he was obviously very smart, wanting yeah. him to do more for the Jewish national identity, which he refused, because he said any national identity is unhealthy. Mm. We must, 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 must do everything we can for humanism and became a really... Um, kind of evangelical humanist. Which is why he wanted everyone to speak one language? Is that the idea? He thought, this is how we get to world peace. Oh, wow. Because we speak one language. And was serious about it. Like, wanted... This was his life's mission. What a beautiful philosophy. So that's what Esperanto is built on. You can learn it on Duolingo. Yeah. The app. It's there. And there are Esperanto conventions. And there are native... There's a there's a thousand native speakers, so for a thousand people, it's their sole language. How? Oh, I knew you'd ask me that. Because their parents learnt it. Because their parents learn it, and they go, "This is the first language you're gonna learn." Wow. It's very. It's most popular in China and North America. Surprisingly. Yeah. I wonder why those areas. I don't know, but it's there are worldwide members and there are international conventions. The proper term for it is an international auxiliary language. It's something that has been that everyone can learn and speak. So twi- we could have mult. We will be all be bilingual or trilingual. Twenty eight letters and they're all Latin letters. Right. And it's a common and it sounds apparently quite Eastern European. Okay. When you talk it out, and it's all based upon, but there are hints and kind of playfulness in the language itself that um, although there are necessary linguistic terms that mean you and me and they're two different things, there are more words for things like us yeah. and we. And so the whole language is is built around this idea of unification and world peace and that we're all the same thing. Oh, what Isn't a that beautiful a beautiful theory. idea? What a beautiful idea. And to it kind of, this is, a, a, I don't know, is this point weird that the fact that this person didn't see what Hitler did? No. Is kind of good. <laughs> it is. Well, it's uplifting in that they, he, he Historically, had they missed that part that truly didn't align yeah. with their mission. Yeah. And, I, and, and so there's this real, there is this odd part of academia. I think also it's worth saying... He was a privileged white dude. Yeah. So was kind of constantly surprised that not everybody was picking up this language and <laughs> learning it and solving everything, right? Yeah. Because, of course, 
there's a there's a access to education and an access yeah. problem there which we still have which today. we still have yeah. which even the well in, we we've seen in the past how well-intentioned white people go with yeah. their great intentions what happens so um but nevertheless as a theory yes. as an idea that yeah, language is a, a beautiful idea. Language yeah. is the key of what separates us. And if we can yeah. find that, if we can solve that problem. And the solution problem, is, you know, God was like, no, yeah, you're not going to understand each other. So the solution to that problem is like, what if we could? Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. But they say, don't they say that like our, uh, the majority of, of the way we communicate and understand each other is actually body language. It is. Anyway. It is. We can understand... Um, we can understand so much about each other just from not speaking, obviously. Yeah. But also, I think this problem is going to go away fairly soon. Like, within my daughter's lifetime, I can imagine artificial intelligence take... Google Translate is already so strong that I I can imagine live translation services happening and being accessible to everyone. Yeah, a friend of mine um, who I went to school with... Um, when I went to Japan, they lived in Japan with their partner at the time who was Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knew enough to get by when they were on their own, but their partner would, would speak for them if they went to a restaurant yeah. or that they would do the speaking because they were English, yeah. um, and, or spoke English. And if they weren't with their partner and didn't know how to say something or to, how to get somewhere, they would just put it into their phone. Like yeah, Google right. Translate would be Take how they communicate, how they could order or how yeah. they could get to where they needed to be in a taxi and that's how they existed as an expat yeah in japan while they were learning the language that technology is only going to get better yeah to the point that i bet you someone is working i bet you there's a gofundme now for a prototype like kicks kickstarter yeah. thing that you can put in your ear that will translate instantly and you can just hear it yeah. and then communicate absolutely yeah, fascinating so then World War II happens. Yeah. Now I go in a different that direction. Little, that little thing. That little thing. Out of World War II, one of the big things that comes yep. is the United Nations. Yes. And an effort from... This is the... I went in a hopeful, optimistic direction. And I've got to say I am was uplifted Great. at this particular point in history to remember just how... You can have all sorts of opinions on the political effectiveness of the United Nations. Yeah. But nevertheless, the intent... Yeah. Is incredible. Amazing. To come out of World War Two and go and in the Well, s- we shit the bed. What can we do? Fix this. Yeah. Let's make sure this never happens again. Yes. Great. One of the things that came out of that that we're very familiar with now is the World Health Organization. Yes. Which has an interesting kind of history. It started as early as the eighteen thirties. Oh. Where it was there was the first international sanitary conference. And it was convened in Paris. And at the time... that would have been about plague. It was to deal with plague and cholera and all that stuff. And then the World Health Organization came up immediately after the Second World War as a a division of the United Nations. Wow. To talk about hygiene, to talk about smallpox, to talk about Ebola, malaria, tuberculosis, all of these kind of communicable diseases. That are happening regardless of where you live. Absolutely. Uh, a large part of why they are as low as they are is the role of the World Health Organization. Wow. And particularly you can see that with COVID-19 now. Yeah. Now, the question becomes, when you're dealing with those kind of international illnesses yes. on an international scale, again, how is someone in eastern Uganda going to communicate with the World mm. Health Organization or with someone in China about what is going on? Yep. 
there's this system that's developed. So say two scientists in those countries want to talk. Yeah. And go, this is what we've discovered, this is what we've discovered. Yeah. But how do they communicate that? There is something <gasps> called... I've never thought about this, David. I know, this is weird. Because my fucking privilege just assumes that everyone, everyone speaks can English. Take care of it. Um, there is a wonderful... There's this weird code yeah. that is really well established called the International Classification of Diseases, the ICD. And that the code is the same. The code is the same where it's letters and numbers, English letters and numbers, but it's this code. Wow. And everybody, every hospital has a dictionary for like what the codes mean. And in that dictionary and for there is every disease or every injury possible. And everyone just agrees that this is the code. This is the code so that the World Health Organization can sure. get... Statistics from everyone. Of so like, this is why COVID has its name, this or is, why SARS has its name. Is that a thing? Kind of, but okay. that's not specifically ICD. Right. Okay. That is the disease. That is the name given to that. But like, I'm um, the 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 ICD codes are like V nine seven point three three XD. Right. Like, so it's like the Dewey Decimal System. Like that's it has exactly a, like, right. Fucking yeah, right. That's okay. exactly right. And so that people can, so the World Health Organization can go, how many people had tuberculosis in yeah. Uganda versus North America in 2017, and they can find those statistics really quickly because based on that code, hospitals and health organizations and countries are hopefully truthfully yeah. reporting the instances of whatever and constantly reporting. In wow. That means, this is the funny bit, Okay. that there are really weird, obscure <laughs> codes for weird, fucked up injuries. What code is like code 69? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. The one I mentioned before. I hope it's like when someone breaks their penis. There is There would be one for that. Yeah. V97.33XD is sucked into jet engine. Subsequent encounter. Which, as this article explains, means that it's happened twice. <laughs> You've been sucked into a jet engine, and come out, and then done it again. Oh. What? I know. So That's you've been sucked into one, got out, and then and been sucked into in another. Fuck. Subsequent encounter. That is a terrible day at work. There is a code for accidental striking against or bumped into another person. Secular. Sequilar, which means that the person has been... Bumping along constantly against things and other people. And has hurt themselves. And has hurt themselves. Another code. Pedestrian on foot injured in collision with roller skater. Oh. Subsequent <laughs> encounter. Again, it's happened twice. <laughs> that you've gone hit a roller skater, fuck, and then hit another one. <laughs> Y93.D is activities involved arts and handcrafts. That would happen a lot. That would happen a lot. Yep, lots of scissor yeah. wounds or like hot glue in the eye or something. Yeah. Another code for swimming pool of prison as the place of occurrence of the external cause. Something happened in the pool, pool. In a swimming pool at a prison. At a prison. What kind of injury would that be? Yeah. Could be anything, really. Yeah. Bitten by pig. Initial encounter. Pigs have, like, teeth, too. They would hurt. Which would is, think... Isn't that a thing? Like, the um, gangsters. What? That's where they put your bodies. What? If you... Pigs yeah, eat like, it's body? like... Because pigs eat anything. How do you know about this shit? I don't know. Mate, come clean. 
<laughs> pigs eat anything. So that's like a good, I think it's in a movie, maybe like Snatch. Oh, now I'm thinking, yes. And it's like I you think put, I have seen put that or something like a gangster movie. It's like put the, put the body in, in with the pigs because the, the pigs, pigs eat everything. They eat bones. They eat yeah, right. it all. So there's no evidence that the bodies were ever there. Wow. So it's a good like body disposal method if you have access to a pig farm. How do you explain this code? Struck by duck. Oh, is it like, um, like in Australia, surely there's a code for like being hit by a magpie or oh, a plover. Sure. sure, sure, sure. Have you ever been swooped? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking Terrifying. scary. Never been hit by a duck, though. <laughs> Cannot either. think of a duck. I haven't thrown a duck at anyone. I can't think <laughs> of why that would happen. Struck by a duck. There's a code for problems in relationship with in-laws. Oh. Burn due to water skis on fire. What? Yep. Other contact with cow. <laughs> because there's all these other codes for like bitten by cow, kicked by cow, yeah. and then there's other cow. Right. So if you get rammed by a cow, yeah. or like a cow does cow something else. Does to something, you. yeah. Because cows are heavy, so they can hurt you. Yeah. Biz- or horns. They have like, True. would have horns. True. That would hurt. Bizarre personal appearance. <laughs> That's a code. Like someone turns up and. I don't know, bizarre oh, person. You, be like, you appear weirdly. Like a piercing injury or... Yes, possibly. Although surely that would have its own code. Or someone gets startled by something with an obscure... What was it? Obscure personal appearance? Bizarre personal bizarre appearance. Bizarre personal appearance. Yeah. Does you that get mean... startled and you trip over or something. I guess. I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. What what would a bizarre personal appearance... Does it mean you have got had a delusion and you're like, someone's over there. Oh, maybe... But wouldn't Maybe. that be phrased differently? And that, wouldn't that be like a psychosis thing? Anyway, all of this to say... That book is very large. That book is enormous. And there's all these clumsy, beautiful ways of humans trying to communicate with each other. All yeah. in the hope of, like, the World Health Organization, it is trying to eradicate diseases and make people healthier Across around the, the world. world. For Esperanto, that... it's united language. Yeah. And for the NATO phonetic alphabet, it's like... So we can talk to each, to each other, other and not crash or crash our planes. bombs into the wrong yeah. place. Isn't there a thing around Trump wanting to not be in the World Health Organization anymore? Isn't that Yeah, a, and he, want, he wanted to leave. I'm not sure if he even did leave, leave NATO as well. Yeah, right. As an organization. Oh, God. Wee! <laughs> Oh, Trumpy do. <laughs> Trumpy God do. bless you. Yeah. Um, anyway, there you go. What did you learn? This is fascinating. Uh, my research took me to some weird I love but that, hopeful though. places. Delta Bravo, you are a magician of research. Thank you to I've the listener. I've learned about Esperanto. I've learned about um, unif- the beautiful idea of like a, a, a language, a unifying language or a unifying philosophy. Yeah. And the weird ID codes. And I'm curious about what a bizarre personal appearance looks like. I guess that would be different for every person. Any suggestions, email us anytime. And if you want us to look into something, email us. We are here. The doors are open at mymatereckons at gmail.com. Yeah, just DM. I've had a couple of DMs lately of people being like, oh, this would be a good topic for My Mate Reckons. And I love that. That's fantastic. We love getting your emails and your messages. We do. We do. We do. Uh, Thanks for being my mate, Dave. Thanks for being my mate, Claire. Bye. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this on that would be great that'd be great tell Tell your your friends tell your mates 
That's right. That's the name of the show. I see what you did there. Where can people find you, Claire? People can find me on Instagram at Claire and Pearl. Where people find you, Dave? People can find me at Dave Burton Writer. And if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.